Welcome to Group Talk, a podcast conversation from the Small Group Network, focusing on topics relevant to small groups ministries. Whether you're in a church of 100 or 10,000, whether you are a volunteer or staff, we want to support, encourage, and equip you to lead well. So relax and listen to today's program. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Group Talk. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Carolyn Takeda, your host and the Small Groups Pastor at Calvary Community Church in Westlake Village, California. Well, if you've been listening to Group Talk for a while, you know that we try to address an, um, a wide variety of topics from big picture ministry philosophies and strategies from broader trends from culture and the Christian world that affect group life, as well as different ministry models um, and practical topics on various aspects of leading a healthy small groups ministry, including nuts and bolts of leading through specific challenges that inevitably arise. So today on this episode, we're going to drill down to one of the most basic super practical, a mundane but a necessary issue that comes up in virtually every small group ministry around the world, and that is childcare. Well, when you have adult small group ministry, the adults often are parents who have to figure out what to do with the kids while they are in a small group meeting together. And if the parents don't have regular babysitters or family nearby or money to pay for a babysitter, childcare can be a really major barrier to engaging in a small group. So it's important that we have some strategies on how to handle that so that we have more parents that can be part of groups. So to talk about childcare options for groups um, is Derek Olson. Hey, Derek, thanks for being on the program. Hey, Carolyn, I'm excited to be here and super excited to tackle this topic with you. Wow, you may be one of the only small group pastors excited to talk about child care. It's kind of almost <laughs> a necessary evil for a lot of us. Um, well, if you've had involvement with Small Group Network at all, you know Derek's name, um, or you may know Derek personally. He is the guy behind the scenes who oversees all aspects of the Small Group Network, including um, Group Talk. And recently, Derek wrote a blog for the network on different child care solutions, and it was on our Facebook conversation as well. And actually, child care, I think, Derek, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems seems to come around on our Facebook interactive group on a regular basis. Absolutely. I mean, it's always popping up and, you know, how do we effectively do childcare? And so you're always seeing questions and answers and I'm always trying to give answers and it just didn't seem like there was a ton of tangible resources to share with people. So it finally dawned on me, write one. Yes, on that very exciting topic. Um, and Derek has experience um, since 2004. He's been leading small groups ministry for youth, for young adults, for um, for regular adults. And he is a native of the Pacific Northwest, but he served in churches of various sizes located in various states. So he's dealt with this issue in a lot of different contexts. And that's why I think he's actually really helpful for us to have this conversation together. And also, Derek, I know you have an adorable four-year-old daughter. Mm -hmm. And so this issue hits home for you because you don't have family nearby and you don't have built-in babysitting unless you have a secret nanny somewhere that I don't know about. <laughs> So you have to deal with child care to be in your groups. Absolutely. You know, after moving down here to Southern California, my wife and I started our own small group here at Celebac Church about nine months ago. And so our small group consists of three families right now, which includes, get this, a total of six kids that are all four years old or under. How fun. So fun. And to make that even better, we have uh, one of the Mom's is uh, has a baby on the way, so we're gonna have seven kids. So, so you're group, outnumber. <laughs> yeah, the the kids are going to outnumber the adults, and it can be absolutely crazy at times. 
And to give you an idea how crazy, I'll share a little story with you that happened uh, last month. And uh, so we were having a small group. It was a great night. And us guys were watching uh, the kids. And the kids were being so angelic this night. <laughs> and they were so well behaved that us guys got a little selfish. And we were like, you know what? Let's all go, uh, let's all go play some video games for a minute. And so uh, we were playing on the PlayStation, you know, uh, going back to our childhood days. And uh, the kids were in a so different great. room in, in a different room in the house, um, kind of right around the corner. Okay, okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, we were still keeping an eye and an ear, right? But all of a sudden, we hear this commotion in in my daughter's room, and we hear some rumbling and tumbling and screaming. <laughs> And then we hear the stampede coming out towards us, and here's <laughs> all these good. here's all these five or six kids, and they're screaming. We went fishing, hmm. and, and you know, of course, we're distracted playing video games, and so we it takes a second to kind of focus in on what's going on. And we're like, "What's what's going on?" Like, we went fishing, and then I realize my daughter's little friend, who's also four years old. She's like the leader of the pack, and she's holding her hand out. And by the tail, she's holding up our pet betta fish. Oh, oh, that's so sad. <laughs> and I had just bought this for my daughter as her first pet ever, like a couple weeks before. I was sacrificed. <laughs> and so I, I let out a shriek, and I grab Mr. Betta fish, and I run him back into the room, and I throw him into the fishbowl only to realize that probably sealed his fate because <laughs> they had turned the fishbowl into, like, stew with Play-Doh. Oh, my gosh. And I can so kinds, picture this. Oh, my goodness. All kinds of crazy ingredients. And so, as any uh, animal lover would, I went and found some fresh water in a hurry, threw them in a jar. But sadly, Mr. Betafish didn't look too well. And the next morning, he went to fish heaven. <laughs> as you've explained to your daughter all so, right so you had to sacrifice a fish to the cause yeah so this whole child care issue is very real to us in our context in our season right now as small group leaders with uh, all these kids and so we've been asking ourselves how do we do child care effectively so that kids are safe so that they're this, so that they're having fun mm -hmm. but so that also we as adults um, can enjoy the small group yes. experience, can go deeper in prayer and exactly. discussion. And so that's really where all this came from. Yes. And we don't want any uh, fish <laughs> being sacrificed in other <laughs> groups. It's a great story. All right. So let's run down. I think you talked about seven. Maybe we'll come up with some others, but um, let's run down what these um, options may be. And, and as a caveat, um, the options really depend on your church, your culture, where you live, what type of homeless people have, um, what type of uh, groups you're hoping to foster. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things. So these are just ideas. There's no one way to do childcare. I've been doing small groups ministry now as, as a vocation for 14 years, and there's no one, one size fits all for this. We have groups that do all of the ones that Derek's going to share with us. And then I've come up with some creative ones of their own too. So you almost have to try them out and then see what works best in your context. No, absolutely. At 100%, you're right on, Carolyn. These are just ideas. And in fact, 
I, I gathered a ton of these ideas from our Facebook group, the Small yes. Group Network Facebook group community, uh, because there's so many people asking these questions and there's so many people giving answers. What I did was I read through literally, I think, hundreds of comments <laughs> and, and tried to boil it down to like the top seven most general popular ideas. Mm-hmm. And so uh, in no way is one of these the only way to do it, but there's, it's a great way to kind of start to think about things. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so number one, the swap solution. Yeah, and I would say this is probably my favorite right now because this is what my personal small group uses, mm-hmm. and it's been a game changer for us. And how this works is, you know, at some point in your small group gathering, obviously you're going to build in a time where everybody's together, adults sure. and kids, having fun, eating food. But when you get to that portion of your small group where uh, it's the study time or the discussion time, this is where the swap solution uh, comes in. And so what you do is you take uh, the adults in your group and you break them into two parts. So in our small group, we do guys and gals. You could Which is also, t- typical for mar- married couples groups, yeah. Exactly. You could do you know, those four adults and these four adults. Sure. But either way, you break the adults into two separate groups and um, – and they take 30 or four minutes. So while one group is watching the kids having mm-hmm. fun, drinking coffee, enjoying dessert, the other group is um, enjoying the video curriculum and talking and praying. And then once that allotted time is over, the groups simply swap. Oh, okay. That's a great idea. Um, and then what about like prayer time? So they kind of incorporate prayer when they're with that. They're the group that doesn't have the kids with them. They kind of run through that as well, the support time. Exactly. So like in my small group, we um, like at, when we meet at our house, we're in a smaller little condo setting. And so space is limited. So like the ladies will usually take 40 minutes first and they'll go out on the patio. Oh, okay. They'll, they'll watch the video curriculum like on an iPad. And then they will uh, have a discussion time and then prayer. And us guys, we're inside, again, playing video games, not mm-hmm. really. but um, <laughs> Well, not, not anymore. I'm sure watch. your wives really loved what happened. <laughs> yeah, we, we learn never again, right? So we're providing quality child care, um, <laughs> literally drinking coffee, having a great time. And then in our group, yeah, then we make the swap. And for us, it works good to have the guys go last because the ladies are a little better watching the kids, and that's when the kids are more tired. So that's a good, okay. Another version of the swap is um, where you don't necessarily break up within the same meeting time, but you swap weeks. So we have groups that'll do, you know, one night, the first Wednesday of the month will be the guys' night, second Wednesday's the gals' night, and then the third is all together, and they'll do maybe worship or um, stuff that's kid-friendly, crafts, or it'll be a serving time. They might go make lunches for our homeless ministry, do something as a whole family together, and then the fourth is, you know, kind of um, a special night of whatever they choose to do. So they swap kind of whole nights rather than uh, within the night. And then the other thing to save time when they use um, the swap method that you, as you've outlined it, we have some groups that do that as well. They'll watch, if if they are doing a video curriculum, they'll do that on their own time. 
so that they have more time for discussion and prayer because that cuts out another 10, 15 minutes. Um, that's been effective. And not just the, the child care groups, but other groups too. If you cut out the video time, you watch it on your own phone or whatever right before or day before, that seems to also make the time with the kids a little bit um, less uh, disruptive because just a shorter framework time. So those are some versions. So as you can see, here's just one option, but there's lots of variations off of it. Um, yeah. But that's a great idea to think through the whole swap thing. And you get to bond. I, what I love about how you guys do it, Derek, and, and the way you framed it is you get to bond in those smaller circles, especially if you have a larger larger group and, yeah. and the group gets to be about 12, 14. It's nice to have the, the smaller times together at six or eight. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. So, time, so the second option, the rotate solution. I love how you think. Okay, so Derek also helps us with communication. So they all have these snappy titles, the rotate. <laughs> what is the rotate solution? Yeah, the rotate solution. And I stole this out of Steve Gladen's book, Leading Small Groups with Purpose. And this is basically where um, you rotate out two parents or two members out of the group on a weekly basis to provide childcare in another room. And so this is best done in pairs, obviously, to provide company for the adults and add accountability for the kids. And uh, as Steve would say, never rotate out a married couple, but mm -hmm. instead send two men or two women so that they can get relationships built for themselves. Yeah, um, that's 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 a really important point that you don't say, okay, these couple, the married couple does it because then they both miss out. Whereas if you have just one of them there, then the other person can fill them in on what happened, um, and they build a relationship. So that's a it's such a little thing, but that would make a really big difference. Exactly. You know, it's it's a critical difference, but that's a great, real simple solution um, that I would encourage our listeners to think about. Yeah, one um, another variation of the rotate we've done is we've rotated houses. So um, we do our our small group ministry by geography. So if you live close enough within a couple miles or a mile, um, we realize that the house that always hosts, if you have children, always gets trashed. Um, and fish are sacrificed. This is just a reality. <laughs> so we thought, you know, everyone should share the pain together. It's part of being part of the community. You share the, the burden of this. And so we rotate um, homes. Um, and sometimes we would put the kids in one home if, um, if these homes are close enough and big enough. And they would pay for a shared babysitter. So we would all pay, chip in, you know, $5 or whatever, pay for a babysitter that we, that somebody trusted and knew, put them in one house or just upstairs in a different room with the babysitter. And then we would all kind of still be able to meet together. The rotating home thing became really interesting because, because we had different people um, in different homes. The kids loved it because it meant new toys. Each time. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the kids actually had to learn how to share. We, um, If you're a kid who is only child, like that's a little bit hard for them. So they got to share there and they also got to play the host. Um, so we actually realized, and our, our own small group did this for a number of years when our children were younger, and it was a love-hate thing with hosting. They kind of like being like the one in charge, but then they didn't really love their stuff getting um, played with, not all that gently by some of you guys. We had like 13, 14 kids wow. um, because people adopted kids, and so we were way beyond the adult number. But as they got older, it got easier, and you can put on a video for a little bit of time. But the idea of 
uh, rotating homes really made people appreciate the effort that the host has to put into for their playroom and for what the sacrifice that those kids in that home have to make. And that didn't click until we kind of had people rotate homes and try that out and make, you know, make that more egalitarian. Um, but the kids, absolutely, that was a huge fan with the kids. Um, <laughs> so that's another version of rotating. That's All right. Great. Number three, a trade solution. What is that? The trade solution. Yeah. So if your group meets on a Tuesday, let's say, and you know of another group that meets on a Thursday, um, you can offer to watch their children while they meet, and then you can ask them to do the same for your group. Okay. So wonder- obviously there's, you know, a trust factor there. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> this is obviously people that you trust and you know well, but um, like us like us at Saddleback, you know, there's so many small groups and so many of our friends and peers are in other small groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, you know, for us, it would be a, a decent solution we could try out if we needed to. Yeah, and I think even in a smaller church actually may work even better because in a small church, they would know the other, the other adults. So it may almost be easier to trade with another family or um, another small group and kind of serve each other that way. Um, so Absolutely. I haven't tried that, but that's interesting. And I guess as a small group point person would have to kind of facilitate that a little bit or at least put the idea out there and have them help them find each other on right. the different nights. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of cool. It's a little different. Um, number four, use your church's midweek ministry solution. This <laughs> is a fun one. So you first, tell me, and then I'll have some pushback that I've heard for oh, the solution. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, don't you love how I titled this? Use your church's midweek <laughs> ministry solution. So if your church provides some type of you know midweek kids ministry or child care, parents can literally drop the kids off at church, and then they can just go ahead to their small group afterward. And uh, some churches who even have the space might allow for small groups to meet on campus during this time to make it easier. That would be, yeah, yeah. Um, but there is uh, a lot of groups that I, I believe are using this solution. And again, it's smart because there's a child care solution right there. Okay, so the pushback on this, and it usually it will be um, the family ministry pastor, the you know early childhood director, <laughs> is that they do not like their ministry to be used, quote unquote. So you need a better word if you're going to promote this. Uh, leverage, maybe. I don't know. There's, this needs some wordsmithing to not sound so, um, you know, so self-centered for small groups ministries. But that it's um, they they don't like that idea of they're just being used for that. But at the same time, it's if you are going to do this solution, don't do it. I would recommend you don't do it in secret, but that you actually have a conversation with other staff and leadership and say, hey, here's our, our problem. We have these family groups with young, young kids. There, um, Could we use the childcare on that night? Is your childcare, is childcare full? Is there a space for that? Um, mm-hmm. Can we leverage that? Those, you know, because those people have been fingerprinted and are safe and it would give trust to somebody with, you know, this is mm-hmm. really for really young kids. The ministry one's easier. If they run like an elementary Awana program or a Bible study for kids or um, even support groups like Divorce Recovery for Kids or something like that, that's easier because they're in a ministry, whereas this is just plain straight childcare. So right. we've had to kind of, I think churches that use this option have to navigate 
going to be sensitive to what um, the children's ministry is trying to accomplish through that, and that it's not um, a burden for them. That's that's you know unhelpful. And if you, unless you just don't mind being really unpopular, and then you could do it on the <laughs> down low and then get chastised later. <laughs> No, I, I totally agree, and I wrote this solution from the lens of if your church has more of a kids' ministry program, not just right. some, you know, not just child care. So like at Saddleback, uh, we have um, our kids' small group ministry during the mid midweek, and that's on campus here at Saddleback. Oh, and that's so great. A, yeah. In our context, a ton of small groups with littles um, use this solution because it's the perfect fit where they can take their kids to small groups at the church mm-hmm. and then literally just go to their small group right after. Yeah, that works well, especially with the cell phone. You can always reach them um, afterwards, too. Another option, what's nice about this one, too, is if you do run like a middle school program or a small group program for kids, it's a great way to maybe capture some of those parents who might just be dropping off. We've launched some new um, small groups of middle school parents, for example, off of our midweek ministry that middle school does. Because they're already there. They're just kind of, you know, they can go to Costco and hang out or go shopping or whatever, or they could actually have a meaningful conversation with other middle school parents. So it's been a useful launch point for that. Um, so number five is subsidized solution. I like the sound of that. Yeah, the subsidized solution. And this was a big one that people were really uh, talking about in the Facebook group. And I believe um, I believe that North Point Church uses this uh, with their groups. But in this solution, um, some churches are able to work into their budget the ability to subsidize each small group for a predetermined uh, child care cost. So in this instance, uh, the small group is responsible you know, for finding their own child care worker. And one group member, usually the small group leader or host, they'll pay the child care worker on the day of the small group gathering. But then afterward, that group leader will fill out some kind of digital like reimbursement form email it to the church and the church ends up, you know, writing them a check and mailing it to uh, that group leader. And so this seems to be a really uh, effective solution that's catching on um, more and more with small group point people is the good old subsidized solution. Okay. So the, the thing, and you're right, North Point is um, in Atlanta. They're really, this is kind of, they're the pioneers of this method. Um, so the thing with the subsidizing thing is, one, you have to really work with very closely with your um, church leadership on that. But also, every time this comes up on our Facebook group, um, I part of this is probably because I live in California, which is the litigation capital of the country. And part of it is because I'm a former lawyer, but um, I would just caution, if you're going to do the subsidizing thing, check with um, your insurance carrier for your, your church, check with an attorney, or just have, make sure you kind of at least ask the question of, will this expose our church to any kind of liability? Um, by that, I mean, if you, um, you know, pay money for somebody there. And this is similar to the next one we're going to talk about, number six. This is a kind of a similar question around liability if you do the next one um, as well about using people from your youth ministry. But just just to make sure that, um, you know, you're, you're – 
I's are dotted and your T's are crossed and that you're not going to open the church up to liability if something goes wrong. Um, and 99.9% of the time, nothing will go wrong. Again, this is an abundance of caution, um, but it's just good to ask whether, um, you know, just to do the due diligence. If you're paying for it, if the church is paying for it, then there may be a little bit more of a connection if something goes wrong than if you're just doing it in private in your home and there's no issue. And that's true for accountability, especially if you have minors um, in the group as well. So just just a caution. Um, I'm probably a nervous Nelly about all that. But again, we do live in California, which is a unique, unique environment for that. Yes, it is. And you're 100% right, Carolyn. I would say to those listening, take all the steps necessary. Check with your, you know, local church leadership and your bylaws mm-hmm. and the, the state, state and local laws there, and just make sure you're crossing your T's, dotting your I's, and making sure that uh, everything is is right before you pull the trigger on this right. one. But it does seem to be. I was yeah. surprised at how big of a movement this one seems to be. Yeah, and then, yeah, me too. And I can see why. And I love that churches are willing to put money towards, um, you know, helping young families have community. So it's a great step towards that, just to make sure that you do some due diligence um, before implementing it on that. Um, so related to that kind of is number six. That's the partner with your youth ministry solution. And having been a youth pastor before, Derek, you know, you see both sides of this equation. <laughs> Yes, I do. Um, so this solution is, you know, some churches will have a partnership with the youth ministry where responsible students can provide childcare, and the keyword is responsible, <laughs> um, can provide childcare as a ministry project uh, for small groups in order to earn hours towards like a, a summer camp or yeah. a mission trip. Right. And so... You know, an example would be like a student might be able to earn $10 an hour. They don't get the cash, but those hours are tracked and and put towards their camp scholarship. Hopefully you pay more than $10 an hour for your babysitter because that is really (laughs) low now. (laughs) Yeah, in California, we would say that's like $30 an hour. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's it's a little bit, which is why the earlier solutions may be more more apt. But yeah, that there is, and there are high school students. The trick there too, similar to the subsizing one, is that the church is basically recommending a particular student, um, and that's and that student is going to be a minor. So it, there's a little bit of risk on both sides. Um, so you have the student going into an environment with all adults um, that may or may not have been fingerprinted and checked on all of that. Um, and of course, most groups, they wouldn't be alone with the person, with an adult, but you just don't know. So it introduces um, potential risk on that end. And then also, of course, if the student themselves may not, you don't know really, they may look perfectly uh, responsible when they're at mm-hmm. church, but you really don't know about you know what they may be doing or not doing. So it, again, same. This is a cool solution for both sides, and mm-hmm. it gives them a buy-in for camp, and it's a great way to involve other kids who want to make some money or have, get some credit. But it's um, also requires a little bit of due diligence to do it. Yeah, and this one and the last one, the subsidize. You know, if you're listening and you're a small group, you know, point person, um, these are ideas that you could think about implementing. Uh, top level across your small group ministry if you're if you're more of a small group leader or host and you're listening um, both of these are you know this last one is number six 
is obviously going to be done more through relationship. Exactly. Uh, That's a great it, point. Yeah. So like uh, at a small group we led in Seattle, we found a student in our church that was um, just a great girl. Like she was super mature for her age. Um, we had had relationship with her for a while before the small group. We trusted her parents. So that was one a situation like this where we weren't necessarily partnering with the youth ministry, but we were partnering with a youth who yes. um, we totally trusted to watch our kids mm-hmm. and do projects. And she was just amazing. And we were able to, um, you know, help her towards camp and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think the this one really relationally um, makes more sense. We've had uh, groups that have hired our, some of our childcare workers and volunteers. Like they'll they'll be used to seeing a certain volunteer, and they could be a younger student, high schooler onward, or it could be an older person um, that works in the nursery, you know, every week. And they'll ask, you know, can you be can you come and babysit for our small group? Um, and you know, they're all fingerprinted and checked, and it's extra money for them. So we've sometimes facilitated that. Um, but that's also done very relationally. It's because they'll say, oh, you know, Miss Joan is so sweet with our kids and they all know her um, and they ask her. And if she wants to, that's totally on her, completely separate from the church. Um, okay. So number seven, the all family group solution. That sounds so warm, fuzzy. I like that. all family <laughs> in together. Yeah. Don't you love how I packaged that? The all family yes. group solution. And this one is really more of a state of mind. <laughs> So when all else fails, you know, when, when none of these other solutions or nothing else is working, this is in basically embracing the idea that your group is an all-family group where, yes. where hey, we're going to do a small group the best we can with kids. And the kids are, in this scenario, they're allowed to play in the same room as the meeting is. Um, obviously, this works best when the kids are small. And they're not likely to understand or catch much of what's being said in a discussion. <laughs> and you have your, your intimate conversation about marriage and conflict. <laughs> um, you know, the positive of this is that families grow together. You know, it's a, it's a mm-hmm. true family growing relationship. The challenge, obviously, is that you're going to really need to limit discussion time. And yeah. I think the key for this one to work is, is creating a real flexible plan in advance Yes. That's tailored around the kids so that you're not setting yourself up for just a aneurysm, anger, <laughs> meltdown, right? So real flexible, uh, tailored around the kids. And also something you can do is if you have older kids in this scenario yes. or even, again, trusted teens, give them some incentives to help play with the kids, help lead them mm-hmm. on a, a project maybe during the discussion, but the idea is that everybody's together, so you're not really worried about, you know, child care in another room right, or somewhere else. Right. It's just all boom right there. And there are some pluses to it. Um, so you forgot to mention the vegetal option. That was really important for us <laughs> in our family group. Um, so vegetal really became our babysitter, uh, and that's that works um, for kids that aren't quite as young where they need someone's eyeballs near them but where once they're in about kindergarten onward um, you actually can because you have older siblings and I love that to incentivize the older sibling to say hey now you guys can do this together and care for the younger ones it teaches them 
really great things about community, about leadership, about, and it was like an honor for the older kids. We had a bit of a gap to start watching out for the younger kids um, and kind of managing that. And then they would come to us and we would give them a little bit of money, but there are ways to do that. That feels more family. And as I, as you mentioned, you know, it, it's, it really is. You kind of have to embrace it. You have to embrace the messiness of it. You have to embrace that yeah. you're going to be disrupted. Um, they're going to be shrieking things, and there's going to be breaking things. Um, and <laughs> but I, in the season when we did that for a number of years, and it got easier as the kids got a little bit older and could watch a video or do play on their own for a little bit longer, was that we felt like um, they had extended family. Our kids, our family was, don't live near us. And recently, studies have shown Fuller Institute did a, a youth study. The number one um, factor that correlated with kids following Jesus after leaving high school was how many adults have invested in them in the wow. church. And that was so, so powerful because we realized it's not enough just to have the typical youth pastor and then. Maybe they have a small group of leaders, depending on the size of the church and what whatnot, and then they have the parents. But it gave them um, aunties and uncles, and by doing that for several years, like we built in and invested in other the other kids as well, and we gave each other. And I love the covenant idea, or to have the the expectations up front. I think this is so critical because you're dealing with people's kids, and people are very touchy about how they parent, how they discipline, what's okay, what's not okay, what rules. Um, so. I think to negotiate that upfront and we gave each other permission, not right away. This took a little bit of time. Maybe we were together um, about a year or so and say, Hey, I trust you. And you're like an aunt in this, an uncle in my kids' lives. So um, you are welcome to discipline them. If we're not around, you would discipline them the way you would discipline your own children. And in that group of five families, we had very different disciplining models from, you know, so we said, what is not okay. Okay. You can't do X or, but if you see them do something, you can call on it. Like we kind of actually had a very challenging, but really, really good conversation around what is okay. So we can agree on how we would, even when we did the swap or the trade, um, if we're responsible for, you know, your kids at that time, what is okay and what's not. Um, and it really built deeper community. Um, and the kids got to have that with the different adults and see how they follow Jesus a little differently and their personalities and stuff. The adults got to invest in the kids. And so that was a byproduct we didn't expect when we we had no choice which is why we ended up with the all-in model <laughs> but th but then it ended up being a blessing in some way so i think maybe with any of this uh child care models Derek, would you just say you know if whichever one you choose yeah i mean you kind of have to to embrace it and then just allow god to work through it absolutely embrace it be flexible and it's for such uh, a short season because they grow really up is. so fast and i like what you shared carolyn about um you know, having the, the spiritual uncles and aunts. And I think that's the biggest bonus of sharing, you know, in a small group family, mm -hmm. being in, embracing a small group family is, you know, in this, in our age of single parenting. Yeah. You know, especially a, a, valuable for them. Yeah. Yeah. A child or a teen who doesn't have a dad. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Can have spiritual dads. Mm -hmm. in a small group. I mean, that is such a beautiful picture of the church and God's answer, um, you know, to brokenness and, and fractured relationships. And, and again, back to the all family group solution. I think that's the biggest bonus of that one is just that uh, your kids are going to be surrounded, hopefully by loving uh, yeah. uncles and aunts and moms and dads. 
And some siblings. They end up having some yeah. siblings that they squabble with um, and have adventures fishing with, but and <laughs> still end up being people, you know, our kids are still, they're in college now, and they're still um, on you know, Instagram and stuff, and they'll comment on other kids because that was such a season, and it was an impactful one because really you spend so much time together yeah. um, if you do it consistently. So whichever whichever solution one chooses, it's it's such a blessing, and you get to shape the life of the children as well as the adults. So it's a hard thing to do, but it's worth working at because your family will miss out. Um, and as you mentioned, the single parents, especially the single parents, it is such an act of of love to include them in that. Um, and they just so appreciate that. That helps a lot. So any other final thoughts, Derek, you want to share before we end? You know, final thoughts is I'm going to give you a bonus solution real quick. Ooh. And you actually kind of already hit on it. You you had a different name for it, but I call it the pool your money together solution. <laughs> that so, sounds better than whatever it is I said. Pool your money together. Yes. Yeah. So this is like, you know, this is kind of one of those if all else fails. Um, each couple, basically, your parent can bring a couple dollars uh, to combine with everybody else's. And again, e even if it's only for like an hour or two hours, yes. hire a quality child care worker to look after the kids in a separate area mm -hmm. while. All the adults get to enjoy the discussion with minimal interruption. And the, yes. the best part of this is nobody goes broke. Yes. No, the pooling thing is, is real. It really helps, especially yeah. um, if you're in a state where babysitting costs are high. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. a small meeting could cost you, you know, $50 um, if you hang out for a while. So it's really nice to pool the money together if you have somebody in mind. So that's a really practical one. I think most of our groups actually do that. Yeah. Um, they found that to be more useful. So, Derek, thank you so much for diving into this very necessary topic. And now you've got other ideas to try so that no more uh, no more shenanigans with <laughs> for your poor daughter. Did you replace the fish? <laughs> we did replace the fish. Oh, you're a good dad. <laughs> with like, I didn't realize there were so many different breeds of betta fish, but <laughs> we had like your average betta fish and and then i found out there's like an emperor betta fish and he's like twice as big and colorful and my daughter loves him so whenever so she the small an upgrade group, yeah whenever the small group comes over though we've now learned to hide him and put him up away from their reach <laughs> and there then there you go that's such a great story it's so typical of the kinds of stuff that happens we've had stuff in the, that people have tried to kids have tried to flush we, we've had all kinds of interesting things so <laughs> thanks so much derek um so derek's part of the small group um huddle in orange county he's super active on the page of course um and if you have any questions about uh, this topic or anything re regarding small group network derek's the guy to talk to so if you or if you'd like to get involved and you're not yet involved with our network you can email him at derek at smallgroupnetwork.com um, and you can reach out to him they're very social media as well so thank you derek for all you do and for these ideas um, and we're so blessed by you and your ministry so god bless you as you continue um, with your family small group and now you've got other ideas to try man now i'm gonna have to edit my blog thanks a lot <laughs> then we can expand it some more uh, well thank you for being with us thanks carolyn all right. Well, thank you all for listening to Group Talk. We will see you next time. 
Hey, thank you so much, Carolyn and Derek, for that great conversation on childcare and small group ministries. I know several small group point people are going to be blessed by that conversation. Now, before we go, let's talk about Lobby. The Lobby Gathering is coming to SoCal February 25th through the 27th. The Lobby is not an answer-driven conference, but an out-of-the-box small group event where we create environments for small group point people to connect and engage together in casual conversations about small group ministry, much like they would in a church lobby over a cup of coffee. Now, I have Carolyn with me, and Carolyn and I have been to several lobbies. Carolyn, what do you think about the Lobby? Oh, my gosh. It's my favorite event of the year. I mean, I go to other Mm -hmm. conferences and other things, but I just love the laid back atmosphere. It is a beautiful campus. I know Mm -hmm. we limit it to a hundred because the campus only can handle that, but it is gorgeous and peaceful. And it's such a, a wonderful environment. Everybody is so cool and low key. And we just really, you walk away, not just with practical ideas and content, you actually walk away with friends. So every year at the lobby, it's like a reunion for some of us who keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get to be friends. We get to see, get to see you Jason in real life. Yes. Um, and we kind of, that is just always a fun thing. You'll just see people hugging and so excited to see each other again, like a reunion. And then you always make new friends. Mm-hmm. So if you've never been, don't worry. Cause if you can come people, you are going to make friends. And then those people end up being support and encouragement and resource for you after the fact and we continue to build those relationships so it is a wonderful event if you can swing it um, the time and the the money it's so worth it and it's actually super cheap when you consider it includes really good food and um, and housing as well all on one campus it would just make it really easy so I I love it and I'm not going to be there this year as well yeah, so I know for me, I'm in Maryland, and it's going to be in February, and Maryland is always <laughs> no cold in February. You have the luxury of having uh, warm weather pretty much all year round. So, But if you are in the north, the east, and you get cold weather, this is the break out of that cabin fever by coming to the lobby. Uh, just to let you know, we have less than 30 spots available, so make sure that you get your spot now. Go to smallgroupnetwork.com slash events to find uh, your ticket. Now, Carolyn, you know Christmas is right around the corner, and I know I'm always looking for bargains, and I'm sure you're always looking for bargains as well at Christmas time. And just so you know, uh, we are doing a special promotion with Steve's book, Leading Small Groups with Purpose. Uh, You can receive 40% off your order, and if you buy 20 books or more, uh, you can get 50% off, and then you receive free shipping if your order is $50 or more, and I think that's a great deal. Leading Small Groups with Purpose is a great book, and it would be a great way for you to gift and give something great for your small group leaders. And and Carolyn, you've read that book. What do you think? Yeah, it actually is. And you're absolutely right. And we recently saw on the Facebook group, people asking, what gifts are you giving to your leaders? And, you know, you can do a mug, you can do, you know, yet another tchotchke kind of thing, or you can give them something that actually feels their ministry. Um, and this book is so practical. Um, Steve is very conversational in it, in the style of it. And I actually have given this book um, to our small group leaders and they have appreciated it. I'm hoping they're reading it. If not, I highlight certain portions or something. It's also a really good book for, um, if you're our coach and you're having those coaching conversations, you read a section together and then you could talk about it and build into their leadership. And I know Steve has this, uh, like, I don't know, 12 languages or something. He's got this in a lot of languages. So if you're an international listener, um, it's probably in your language and you can give it to your small group leaders that way. But it's uh, one of, I think, the top books in a small group leading and uh, you'll find it really useful. And I love that we're giving them a big discount on it. Um, it's yes. a great book. You won't regret it. I tell you what, that was a great way to 
put it. And I'll tell you what, Pastor Rick Warren also said this as well. This is one book that you simply must get into the hands of every one of your small group leaders. Well, there you go. I mean, yeah. Rick Warren is, is just, just a smidge more influential yeah. than me saying it, but I, I have recommended it and people have been glad to read it. But yes, it is. It's a really practical, um, hands-on book. Well, we're going to have a link in, in the description on this podcast. So Carolyn, again, thank you so much for everything. And we will see you next time. Thanks, Jason. Thank you for listening to Group Talk. We invite you to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes and get new episodes downloaded automatically. Also, if you enjoy this program, please take a few minutes to give us a positive rating on iTunes so that other small group point people can find us more easily. We encourage you to visit our website at smallgroupnetwork.com to access our library of free resources, connect to a huddle with other small group ministry leaders in your area, read our blog articles, or join us on our Facebook group. Don't forget to use the hashtag SGNet when engaging with your social media channels. Thank you for your support.